Hallelujah. Good morning, Lake Church. How's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Amen. And uh, so I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, 2 Timothy as we try to conclude this. Uh, hopefully we can. Uh, but I guess we can continue on if we don't. But uh, I'd like to, like to move on. Amen. And, uh, of course, uh, today is a, a day in which the world celebrates Halloween. And uh, praise the Lord. We celebrate uh, Reform, Reform Day. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to touch on a very important subject, and uh, I, I believe I've established over the last two times that we've been together that we live in a witchcraft nation, that we live in a witchcraft world, and that we need to understand that we have been empowered, we are in the world, but we're not of the world, and uh, that we have the ability and the power given within us to be able to stand, and having done all to stand therefore, and to be able to resist, amen? Praise God, the, the pull of this world, and rise up and be the people that God has called us to be. I want to read a, a passage of Scripture out of the Passion Translation, out of one of my favorite books of the Bible, which is the book of Ephesians, absolutely my ultimate favorite. And uh, it says this in verse number 10. It says, Now my beloved ones, how many beloved ones do we have in here? <clears throat> we got five beloved ones, Amen. How many beloved ones do we have in here? Amen. Hallelujah. It says, it says uh, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. And that is where we're supposed to live. That is how we're supposed to live. That is what we're supposed to do. Amen. And so we've been talking about the craft, and it's really not meant so that you can focus and try to find witches in your life. It's to be able to identify the voodoo that you do. Amen? All right? Because there's a lot of people that um, are wondering why they're not seeing the manifestation of the things of God in their life, and it's because they're operating in the craft. And the craft is the nature of fallen man. Witchcraft is the nature, it is the religion of the fallen man. The fallen man has to rely on other things outside of himself because he has been disconnected from the source of life. So he begins to look for guidance from other things, whether it's omens or whether it's spirits or whether it's direction through divination or anything of that nature. Mankind looks to horoscopes, looks to the stars, looks to the weather, looks to all kinds of different things to try to gain guidance and gain some kind of bearing as to where they are and where they need to go. But the Bible says that we as believers are to be led by the Spirit of God, that we are the sons and daughters of God when we are led by the Spirit of God. So we are to resist the notion of putting out fleeces and saying stuff like, well, God, if you do this, I'll know it's you. That's no way that you ever are guided by that. You're to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not getting the direction. Seek the Lord. Well, I'm just not getting anything. Seek the Lord. Pursue the Lord. 
pursuing. God, God wants to be pursued. And a lot of times we're not getting directions because we're just not pursuing the Lord. We're just giving a haphazard prayer. Lord, help me out. Would you give me direction? And then we just forget about it. No, we need to pursue the Lord until we get direction a knowing in our knower. How many know what I'm talking about? A knowing in our knower. Instead of relying on circumstance because the devil manipulates the world around us. Are you awake out there? The devil manipulates the world around us. Well, if he'll call at 10 o'clock, you know, before 10 o'clock, I'll, I'll, I'll believe that that's your will for me to take that job. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, if she wears red, you know, if she wears red on our date, then I'll know that she's the one. These are, we laugh at these things, but these are things that we do. These are things that we do. Well, Lord, if this happens and if this is, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it like, you know, this is what you want in my life. And, and what, basically what we're doing is we're operating in the craft. And we're trying to take Jesus and put a little stamp on it and say that Jesus is guiding direct us when really it's familiar spirits and spirits that are manipulating our circumstance to get us in bondage. Amen? Well, if it's a sunny day, I know that I remember doing funerals, and people will say stuff like this. Now, guys, we're just putting the mirror up to ourselves. They'll say this. If it's raining, well, they went to hell. I'm, ser I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, I've, I've heard that. If it's sunshiny, then God, you know, he's in heaven and everything's good. Nothing could be further from the truth. There is nothing in this outer world that's going to necessarily tell you what God's will is in your life. There's this, and then there's the Spirit of God on the inside of you, and those are the only two. Hello. And, and hey, listen, there's a lot of witchcraft in the prophecy movement. There's a lot of people that are manipulating people with prophecy, and you've got to understand that you are never meant to, be, uh, to gain guidance through prophecy. Okay? Now, guys... Come on now. There's people get upset about this. But if the prophecy doesn't come in line with the Word of God and doesn't bear witness with your spirit, hello, you need to put it in the trash. Amen? Hello. I've told you stories of witchcraft being performed at prayer meetings. Well, I believe so-and-so is putting you two together. I've seen people get married to people, and I mean, it's like marrying Godzilla. <laughs> Hello. And they say, well, the Lord put us together. Well, no. The opportunity presented itself, you know, uh, you know the, the Lord didn't put you together because you said prophetess so-and-so said that you two should get married. You're never guided by that. Let me say that. I could say that a thousand times, and people still won't get it. You're not guided by that. You're not guided by that. Amen? And so we got to watch out for that because sometimes that's a means of manipulation and control. Did you know that the fallen nature of man the, that practices the craft and some people that aren't fallen that still practice the craft, um, they will use it to gain some kind of dominance over an individual. So they'll use information. They'll use not 
giving information and giving information as a means of manipulation. So these are all kinds of things that we operate in. So anything that a person uses to try to dominate over someone else is witchcraft. Whether it's age, whether it's uh, influence, whether it's uh, information, whether it's emotional attention, there's people that freeze people out. There's people that will emotionally, um, you know, use their anger to manipulate a situation in their home. There are people that will use just icing them out. How many have ever been iced out? <laughs> I mean, iced out, and they will manip they'll manipulate you with that. And the whole purpose of it is to gain dominance. They want to dominate the situation. They're not in it to find answers. They want to push their own will. And we see this in children when they throw fits. And we see it in big grown adults when they throw fits. Because fit throwing doesn't necessarily stop at 3 and 4 and 5. It can be 45 and 50 and 55 and if you've ever been to a nursing home, you know that fits <laughs> still happen. Amen? Because it's the craft. I've got to take control some way. Something's not going my way. I've got to take control. And if I'm going to take control, then I'm going to take control either through my words or through my actions. Or I'm going to do something. And then you get into the mystical aspects of witchcraft where you begin to cultivate you know spiritual uh, you know things and we'll talk about that a little bit here but notice what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1 this has been our key text for the, the series it says but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty days that are hard to be born the Greek says <laughs> For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. How many could attest to that? Anybody seen that going around? Proud. Anybody seen pride? Hello, there's whole, you know, uh, groups of people that, uh, that say we are proud. We are prideful. See, this is not just the, the uh, LGBTQ community. It's other communities as well. Don't be just honing in on one of them. Hello. We could go to every political party. We could go. Oh, people get mad. You're talking about my Republican party. Yes, I am. Pride emanates and goes through. They're all practicing the craft, friends. It's called PR these days, but it's the craft. It's the craft. Amen? They're trying to frame or form some kind of idea. Uh, and encapsulated in a phrase, in a logo, uh, in a picture. That's manipulation. It's absolute manipulation, no matter what party you're a part of. It's manipulation. And uh, you better have a broader view than that because you're only seeing life through a keyhole. The keyhole they made and they formed and they position to show you what they want you to see. See, we're living in a witchcraft nation. It's time to wake up. I said it's time to wake up. Amen. Are we okay? 
Do I need to reinstall the shockers in the seats? I'm preaching a lot better than you're saying amen. Amen? Hallelujah. Arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Then we drop down to verse number 8. And it says, just as Jans and Jambres, okay? So we, we understand that, and I've, I've belabored the point that Jans and Jambres are in the context of the end times, and Jans and Jambres were the Egyptian magicians that withstood Moses. So he's correlating that the end times will not just have these characteristics, which these characteristics are all witchcraft. Every single one of them are witchcraft because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So all of these are rebellious signs. Rebellion against God, rebellion against parents, rebellion against one another, rebellion against life. And we celebrate rebellion. We absolutely celebrate uh, rebellion. In fact, uh, we will talk about uh, our, uh, the founding of our nation as the revolution. But in the world, it's called independence. It's very different. See, we like the word revolution in America because the nation was built on rebellion. I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's absolutely the truth. It's built on rebellion. Now, it was done for a purpose and for, uh, uh, for a situation, but not everything that we read in our history books has a foundation of righteousness. Okay, so, so understand that. And I'm not going to get into that, but, but uh, we can talk about that later. But Jans and Jambres were the magicians that were able to duplicate and replicate the miracles of God. Four out of ten, they were able to replicate and make come to pass. Okay, so these were people that had occult powers and the ability to replicate Yahweh's uh, miracles, okay? All right? So what he's trying to tell us this is that the end times will not be characterized by atheists and agnostics. It will be characterized by occultists and spiritists. And the major thing that's going to have to be uh, resisted in these last days is the lure of occultism, the lure of spiritism. And it gets in the church, it seeps into the church, especially with churches that, that uh, express the, the manifestations of the Spirit. These familiar spirits can get in there and it can look like God, it can taste like God, but it's not God. And so we have to be mindful of those things and educate ourselves because when it talks about in Deuteronomy and Leviticus about the manifestations of occultism and it says no one should be a diviner, no one should have a familiar spirit, no, and it begins to list all of these things, it lists nine, nine manifestations of occultism. The devil always duplicates. He'll always duplicate what God has done. He doesn't have an original thought. He duplicates everything, even down to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He has a duplicate for it, and his name was Osiris. Now remember 
that I told you that it's the building of two bodies. How many remember that from last week? Basically, it's the building. In the mind of the occultist, the occultist is in the building of a body, but it's not the body of Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church. And basically what he's saying, I'm going to build my body. I'm going to build my body in the earth. And the gates of hell or the portals of hell will not prevail against it. It's not locked gates, it's accesses, doorways for the supernatural to come in from the abyss. And we know that there were certain occult exercises that were practiced in, you know, uh, the Mesopotamian plain down in um, um, Eridu and, and Babylon and things of that nature. And they have certain occult practices. And those occult practices would go from what they called the center of, you know, the Middle East to the West and would continue to creep to the West. So you have... Mesopotamia, you have the Assyrian Empire, it, 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 it folds and it moves to Egypt. And then Egypt, it moves to Greece. And then Greece, it moves to Rome. And guess what? From Rome, it came to the United States of America. And so we continue to see this beast system continue to go. And the beast system is basically... You see the, the replication in every one of these cultures of the religion that was founded at the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel is the beginning of all occult after the flood. It's the beginning of all occult. It wasn't just, let's build a tower and, and shout at God from the top of it. That's not what it is. It was the establishment of a religious, all religions coming together at the tower to begin to bring about a gateway to the God, the gates of hell, a gateway to the gods. Okay? So it's far more sinister than what you've been led to believe. It's far more nefarious than you would be led to believe. All right? So we see three characters in that era. Nimrod, of course, we understand who Nimrod is. Anybody? Don't name your kid Nimrod. <laughs> and his sister and wife, Semiramis. If you want to know who Semiramis is... If you had Starbucks this morning, she was on your cup. A start day. See, these people, these, these characters have different names because that's part of their deception. It's because if they can change the name, then they get you to say, oh, well, that's not Semiramis, that's a start day. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay? So you got Semiramis. And then you got their son, Tammuz. So you go from Mesopotamia, you go from Eridu, and that folds. The Tower of Babel folds, and that culture is divided. They move to Egypt. And Egypt has three. Osiris, Isis, and Horus. And then you move over into Greek. And then you have Zeus, you got Hera, and you got Apollo. Okay, do you, see, do you see the pattern here? See, these are the same fallen angels just masking themselves in different ways. And how do they mask them in America? 
Okay. Oh, are you sure you want to know this? Oh, goodness. God the Father. Mary. And Jesus. Hello. Not of the Bible, but of religious antiquity. Promoting the same religious system that was started at Babel. Promoting the same religious system. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's the truth. Okay? Now, two bodies. Now, how many like stuff, you know, when you were into rock and roll? One of the things I liked about rock and roll was the ambiguity in the lyrics. How many like that? You had to search for meanings, like Hotel California. How many, how, how many can admit that they still like Hotel California? I like Hotel California, all right? And, I, and, and I, I crafted an entire sermon on Hotel California showing that it is a prophetic, because the enemy likes to tell you what he's doing. He loves to tell you what he's doing, but he likes to tell you in secret. He likes to tell you, he likes to obscure it. He likes to do it, so he'll, he'll create and fashion lyrical content that has double entendres, several layered meanings. Most of the uh, societies, the secret societies, a word will have three, at least at minimum, three different meanings. Okay, so they, they've got a surface meaning, then they've got a behind meaning, then they've got a deep occultic meaning uh, to these words, okay? So they do this to kind of hide their secrets, okay? So when you get into songs like the Beatles songs, like uh, not uh, She Loves You, but, but when we get into Sgt. Pepper and we get into stuff, you begin to see this use that was really created or, or brought into the forefront by Robert Zimmerman. How many know who Robert Zimmerman is? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan came in and he began to, he's a Jew, you know, come on now, that's the point, okay, you need to understand that. So here he is, he's, he's using these double entendres, all of these wordsmith type stuff to bring about information and bring about ideas because that's what music does. Music opens both sides of the brain. When you listen to music, you, the left and the right are both working in tandem together. And it basically causes uh, you to get past beta waves and go straight into the alpha. Okay, so, so music has a way of opening the gates. Okay, so if, if, if music affects you emotionally, doesn't it? it, it it'll, it'll change your temper. It can change your blood pressure. It can change all kinds of different things. And basically what it does, it just opens it up to where they can put a little life lesson in there, you know, a little life lesson. And so you continuously hear that stuff, and it continues to begin to build a stronghold in your mind to where you actually begin to embrace that idea okay so the tower of babel in the 11th chapter of genesis which i don't have time to read the whole thing uh or read it today but the tower of babel is pretty plain what happened there 
The people came to the tower. They wanted to create a civilization irrespective of God. They wanted to create their own religion. They wanted to release these gods into the world. They wanted to give access. God said we couldn't do that. Okay? And so he divided. That's going to be a key word. He divided the nations. He not only divided, he disinherited those that continued to pursue these other gods. And he said, if you want these gods... Go right ahead. I'm going to find one man, and I'm going to build a nation with him, and I'm going to bring a Messiah through him that's going to save all of you, and then I'm going to call you back. See, that's the whole prodigal son story right there. That's the whole prodigal son. The prodigal son story isn't about just about your lost uncle. It's about the nations of the world is what it's about. It's about God bringing back the nations of the world and the sons that stayed with him being jealous. Because the Bible says in the book of Romans that God is provoking Israel to jealousy by what's going on here today. Do you understand that? So he divided the nations. Now, Satan loves to just flower stuff up. And he likes to present stories in a way that it doesn't necessarily look like the same story, but it is. And so the story of Osiris is actually the story of the Tower of Babel. Set is God. How many know the story? <coughs> None. I forgot where we're at. <laughs> okay, Osiris. Osiris was married to his sister, Isis, just like Nimrod and uh, Semiramis. Okay? So he had a brother by the name of Set. They were both sons of the god Ra, or Ray is actually how you say that, Ray, which is the sun god, okay? All right, so Set was jealous of the favoritism that Ray gave to Osiris, and he made Osiris king and not Set. Set was the lord of the wasteland. He was the lord of the desert, okay? So he's very, very upset. So he goes in and he kills Osiris. He kills his brother. And he cuts him up, divides him into 14 pieces. And not only that, but he throws those pieces in the Nile. So Isis takes it upon herself to go and find the pieces of her husband and one of the pieces, which was a very private piece, was swallowed by a fish. So it was no longer available. So only 13 pieces were found. So she created a... She... <laughs> We've got mixed audience, I don't want to say it. She created this missing piece which is what we know as an obelisk today, which the Washington Monument is the largest obelisk in the world. Okay? All right? So, this is kind of a masqueraded version of the Tower of Babel. This is basically saying, okay, so, so going back to the question we had last week, what in the world is going on People are asking that. What's going on? What is happening in our world today? 
the secret societies, the witchcraft nation, is getting the 13 remaining pieces of Osiris and putting him together. Now, you don't believe me? Mark, if you'll put that picture up. That's on your dollar bill. Thirteen steps up to the eye of Horus, which is Osiris resurrected. Thirteen representing the thirteen pieces building up, and then the eye of Horus, which is the Osiris resurrected. Have you ever seen any of your favorite stars do this? That's Osiris resurrected. That's what that means. That's why they say it. That's why they do that. It's not because they're going, you know, and doing. No, they're making very. They're making statements. See, they like to hide things in plain sight. So you've got your money system, basically put with the great seal, and this is the seal of the United States. This isn't just the seal of the dollar bill. This is the seal of the United States. So it shows you that there's some occultic. Uh, architecture and, and, and planning that America is coming in because America was created by two streams that we have the Plymouth Rock stream and then we have the Jamestown stream and so we've got um, we've got see the devil always imitates God moves a people over here to start a new nation and the devil comes in, he brings his people. So you got the seed of the woman, the seed of the serpent, continuously. Are you getting anything out of this? Is this? Okay. So, so we, a lot of what the founding fathers did, and they have been put way high on a pedestal as far as Christianity is concerned. I understand that. I don't have any problem. But majority of them were deists. They, they weren't Christians. They were deists, okay? And they understood that, they had to use Christianity to some degree to be able to come in and create a commingling to where people would accept their occultism. Is this too rough for you? See, that's what we're facing right now. We're not facing China. I mean, we're facing two Americas. Two visions for America. And China just happens to be a player to try to bring about this. Because they're in this too, see. They're in this. They have the same pantheon. It's just different names. And it all starts from this right here. Okay, you've got 72 stones that are counted on there, which represent the 72 watcher angels that were distributed by God at the Tower of Babel to oversee the nations. These watcher angels were entrusted with the people to take care of them. And they turned they liked the worship of men. So they began to create a pantheon. Is this too rough for you? You okay? You're a little quiet. You all right? Are you taking it in? But it's the truth, okay? Now, we, we, we look at the bottom of that where it says Nuvus Ordo Seclorum, which is a new order for the ages, okay? And so we, they get the term that George... Herbert Walker Bush coined in the 80s, in the late 80s, as the New World Order, okay? That comes from that phrase right there. 
and it's really a new order for the ages, okay? And the Anuit um, Coptus is uh, he favors our cause, which who favors our cause? The all-seeing eye does. He favors our cause. So we have, um, and, and, and I know this is hard for people that are patriots, because still I'm a patriot. I still love this country. How about you? I love this country. doesn't mean that I'm not a patriot to recognize and understand the occult foundation of our nation and the fact that it was constructed for uh, something that George W. Bush said in his second inauguration speech. He said this very simply. He said that America was designed to bring about some kind of uh, a vision or plan that has been for the ages. And so he was a part of the Bones, which is a secret society that, uh, okay, all right, let's go to the scripture, let's, all right, no, drop down to um, what's happening in our culture today, we're in a witchcraft nation, I'm showing you why we're in a witchcraft nation, witchcraft has never ceased, they didn't burn it out, in fact, most of them that were burned weren't even witches, it was witches hiding. Hello. A lot of them were tongue-talking, Bible-believing Christians like you and I. Okay? So the travesty. See, the Bible says, now, i got to say this, because there's people who say, well, the Bible says that we shouldn't suffer a witch to live. Well, that's before Jesus died and was raised from the dead. The reason why that was that way in the Old Testament is because if a person gave them over to divination, there was no way to get free of it. So that's the reason why they were put to death. It's because there was no deliverance. There was no name of Jesus. There was no authority given to anybody because they were still lost in their, and dead in their trespass and sin. But today... That is not the case. We don't burn witches. We don't hurt witches. We pray and we use our authority. And if they want deliverance, praise God, we've got the greater one on the inside of us. Amen. So don't go on a witch hunt. But notice this. You've got to understand that witches morph. The enemy morphs. Remember, we've been studying Leviathan, the seven heads of Leviathan. Okay, there are different, different ways that he presents himself to cultures and to people to where you go, oh, well, uh, I, re you know, I recognize that, but I don't recognize this. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to continue to fool you. And, uh, but the Bible, if you'll study it, you won't be a fool anymore. Because notice in the same uh, chapter, chapter 3, it says this in verse number uh, 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, that's exactly where does the persecution come from. It comes from those that desire to see this come about. And that's the reason why you're seeing abortion ramp up again. It's because the blood of innocence creates the iniquity force that creates the depravity that the man of sin, the eye of Horus, can come into manifestation, complete the pyramid, and create this new golden age. That's, I'm giving you a cult 101. 
I'm giving you a cult 101, all right? It's very simple. I'm simplifying it quite a bit, but that's exactly what's going on. That's what's going on in the United States of America, the good old USA. And it's in our government officials. It's in our civic officials, and it's in our churches. Okay? Now, notice what it says here. You've got to realize that, that the enemy, he wants to masquerade, but he always, his pride will not allow him not to tell you he's doing it. He likes to do it right out in plain sight. Okay? So you see all these symbols from your rock stars. That's the eye of Horus. If they take their hair and they put it over one, one eye, that's the eye of Horus. They do this stuff on purpose. 666. Ever seen them do that? Hello? How about the triangle? Well, that's that right there. Okay. Are we okay? We're fixing to have a picnic. We'll be okay. We'll be all right, guys. You know, I have a mission. I've got a mission. I've got a mission, all right? And, uh, you know, uh, I was so grateful for um, Trevor's God on Film, you know, and uh, so grateful for uh, the Truman Show. He, he showed the Truman Show. And, and, and basically, it gave me, the Lord used that to show me what, I'm, what I was supposed to do. And uh, how many of you ever seen the Truman Show? Okay, so, so he gets in that boat, and he finally gets to the, the parameters that his creators had made for him. And it's a, a, a blue sky, but it's a wall. And he finds it, and he starts hitting it, you know, starts feeling on it, and he sees a doorway. And that's what I'm called to do, is to show you the system that you're trapped in so that you don't have to be trapped in. Because Jesus said this, be of good cheer. I have overcome the system. Amen? But you've got, you've got to realize that the door's been opened through Jesus. You've got to get, get out. That's why he says, come out from among them, saith the Lord. He said that in the Old and the New Testament. See, it's our choice to come out. He's not going to pull us out of it. We've got to come out of it. How do we come out of it? By renewing our mind. By thinking the thoughts of God. By growing in Him. Amen? All right, now notice this. It says if we're going to live godly, we're going to be persecuted. That's just, that's just plain. I don't see many, very many wood carvings with that scripture on it. I don't see bumper stickers, but it's the truth. It's just as true as John 3.16. If you're going to live godly in this world, you're going to be persecuted. Because the seed of the serpent is going to continue to make sure that you are going to be persecuted for your stand for Christ. Okay, and then he goes on and says this. And while evil people and imposters, everybody say imposters, will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived themselves. Deceiving and being deceived themselves. Now, the word um, imposter, uh, it says evil seducers in the King James will wax worse and worse. But it's the uh, Greek word goes, G-O-E-S. And it means magician. 
See, it ties right into Jans and Jambres. But it doesn't just mean magician, because you've got to understand what a magician and what a witch is. They live in a make-believe world, and they present a make-believe world. And in fact, one of the translations for Goaz is actor. So who's big on promoting this center? Hollywood. Hollywood is huge on promoting this, and the music industry is huge in promoting this. Okay, so we've got to understand that a witchcraft is alive and well, and that this is what they're building. This is what they're seeking to do. Their vision has been on the money since um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt put this on the dollar bill. Now, he was a part of a secret society and also, you know, began to cultivate these things and, and bring these things to the forefront, okay? So you've got um, the, the pieces of Osiris coming together. And uh, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, the Pope is bringing those pieces together. Okay? I'm not talking about Catholic people. There's good Catholic people, and there are wonderful people that are born again within the Catholic system. I don't. The system is corrupt. The system is a corrupt system. In fact, it is the moving from Babylon to mystery Babylon. Okay, so he's actually bringing these together. If you notice the rhetoric that he's saying, he's basically bringing in all the different. Uh, metaphysical and cult religions and is trying to bring them under one system. Okay? You didn't think that the beast and the other, you know, and the false prophet were going to be something that just came out of nowhere, did you? I mean, you didn't believe No, it's been around all through the ages. And the Bible teaches to identify certain things all through from the Genesis 3 all through to the book of Revelation. So there are characteristics that we need to look for. The goal is, is to create the Tower of Babel again. Babel is rising. Iniquity is continuing to rise. And the man of sin is ready to enter in because he can't come in unless the situation is absolutely correct. Now, let me give you some theology on that, okay? All right, so let's look at Second um, Thessalonians. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. Amen. I hope you are. I've been wanting to teach this for a while, but uh, just had not had release. I feel the unction today, amen? Thank God for the unction. Okay, so Osiris... Is, comes from Nimrod. Nimrod, Osiris, Apollo. How many know who Apollo is? Come on now, guys. Okay, Apollo. The Bible clearly tells us, clearly tells us what the spirit of the Antichrist is. Prefigures, because the God declares the end from the beginning. Nimrod is the type and shadow or the 
progenitor of all antichrist. And see, we've got to understand this. The word antichrist doesn't just mean against Christ. So a lot of people will say that. Well, antichrist just means against Christ. No, it means replacement. It means replacement. The devil always duplicates. Now, how many have ever got in a apologetics argument with someone who believes that Osiris predates Christ, so therefore the Osiris myth or the Osiris is the, uh, is the true resurrection? Okay? They'll say that. Well, it, you know, the Christians are just mimicking the religions of the old well, don't you know the devil knew what God was going to do? See, that's the thing about God's like Larry Bird. How many remember Larry Bird? Larry Bird would tell you how he's going to score on you and then do it. God's the same way. In fact, he wrote an entire book to show the devil what he was going to do. He said, okay, I'm just going to show you my game plan right here, and you try to stop me. You try to stop me, and guess what? He can't. He can't. He can't. All right? So, notice this. We're talking about the iniquity force and how that abortion and, and, and the depravity and even the lockdown. Because, because you're seeing things happen after the lockdown that you ain't seen before. We're seeing mental illness at all-time high. I can't tell you how many TikTok things I've seen of people just just losing their mind at KFC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, they've, they've got phones on them, and they're yelling at the clerk about, you know, you didn't give me my thigh or whatever. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's really bad. And I mean, I'm seeing them on a daily basis. And then you're seeing the, the, the narcissism on this platform. If you want to know where the nation is, just watch TikTok. Just watch TikTok. I mean, the depravity is right there. You've got girls that don't want to be objectified. I don't want to be objectified to be seen as a sex object. And they're bouncing around. And they're doing the no bra challenge. That doesn't even make sense. We live in a witchcraft nation. Yeah, take a deep breath. It'll be all right. But the church has been asleep. We're not addressing these issues. We're afraid to. We're afraid to address popular culture because we, were, we want to be popular. We want to be on the same level as them. Listen, I, I, I've cast that aside a long time ago. I don't care if there's five people in here or this place is filled. I'm going to preach what the Bible says. And if it, mean, if it means we build slower, we build slower. Hello. like to have fun, like to do that, but we're going to preach what the Bible says, okay? So it, it says right here, let's drop down to verse number 3. It says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction. Everybody say destruction. destruction. That is the Greek word apollie, where we get the word Apollo. 
the spirit that is coming into this age is represented on your dollar bill or on the seal of the United States, which is the eye of Horus, which is Osiris resurrected, which is known by the Greeks as Apollo. Okay? All right? Now, this situation, when it comes to Osiris and uh, Horus and Isis, the Pharaoh, of course, became a god. He became a god. Actually, he would become Horus. And the outgoing or the dying Pharaoh would become Osiris. So in, in the Egyptian mindset, when they would inaugurate a new Pharaoh, there would be a transference of Horus coming up from the Abus, inhabiting the new Pharaoh, making him a god, and then the outgoing Pharaoh would go into the Abus and take the place and become Osiris. Now, is that so weird? Well, people will say, well, that's kind of weird. But when you look at the architecture of the uh, Washington, D.C., it's not weird at all. Because you have what is known as the dome, which is, you know, the, um, the dome of Isis, you know, in, in the, uh, the building there. And then you have the big, huge uh, obelisk, which is known as the Washington Monument, facing it. And so there's only a few places where that is uh, characterized in two main places that these symbols are celebrated is Washington, D.C. And, and the Vatican. Okay, so what does it mean? What, what does the, the obelisk mean? It means fertility. It means bringing about something, uh, impregnating something. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so th this Osiris... Um, obelisk, okay, is manipulated by the rays of the god, the sun god, and raises up, you see, seed that goes into the spiritual and goes into the dome of Isis, which in the, the dome of Isis, which is in the, uh, uh, the, the building, the, um, the Congress, congressional building, has what is known as the apotheosis of Washington. And it's a, it's a picture that's at the top of it, and it has Washington seated as a god with all the other Greco-Roman gods around him. And this is what is known as an apotheosis chamber. So when Biden went out, you know, and did the inaugurate... Okay, he was actually standing in the place in which this energy, also, also Bush, also Trump, all, also all of them, we're not picking on one guy, also all of them, basically what does that symbolize? It symbolizes that the Abuso, and what the Bible tells us is that one day it's going to be Apollo Okay, all right. So, so we begin to see that there's there's a change. So, a lot if 
if you were an alien and you had visited other, other countries of the world, the world has been decimated, and you went to other countries of the world and you began to study their history, their architecture, their artifacts and their papers and whatever was left, and you came to Washington, D.C., and, and you began to look at the architecture and everything, you would not know that Yahweh was the God of the United States. Because Moses is shown, and there is a picture of Jesus on the cross, but it's really with a weird um, um, phoenix behind, behind him, so it's very occultic. Other than that, there's nothing. But there's every other god of the Greco-Roman world and of the Eastern world. In fact, the whole system of roads is patterned after a pentagram. And this was done on purpose, guys. Because it's the capital of a nation of people. District of what? Semiramis. Now do you know why you need to pray? Now do you know why you need to be in the church? Now do you know why you need to read your Bible? First John tells us the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. Amen? They're cooking good hamburgers and stuff on there, or, 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 you know, hot dogs and things of that nature and sausages, so it'll all go away <laughs> with every delightful chew. What I've said will just float out of your mind. But if you want to be informed... If you want to protect your family, you better know this stuff. Because why could they say, well, it's okay to kill babies even after they're born? Why would they say that? No human being in their right mind would say that. I don't even want to kill an animal myself. I mean, I don't even want to kill an animal. You know, that makes me at odds in this place. I know, I know that. But, but, uh, but I, I, don't, I don't even want to kill an animal, you know. And, uh, but we live in a world that believes that full-term abortion should be legalized not only here but around the world. When did it start being about the world? It was always about the world. Well, I wish, you know, that's the reason why they hate it. Now, please do not write me nasty letters. That's why they fought Make America Great Again. They fought it because it doesn't line up with that. And you saw exactly what happened when that agenda was trying to be brought forth, which majority of the American people want, okay, you saw the prophets of Baal, the media. You don't nearly see the backlash against this president. 
that you did the other one. Now, whether you agree with that president's views or not, that's not the point here. That's not what I'm trying to make. I'm trying to show you that there is a covert, it's not so covert anymore, but there is an agenda, and that agenda is both Republican and Democrat and independent. Because one thing you're going to have to realize if you're going to live successful in this world, if you're going to overcome, is you've got to realize the devil doesn't just play two sides. He plays all sides. So it's not just Jeff over here and John over here. It's everybody around you. Now, that, that shouldn't make you suspicious and mean and hate people. That's not the spirit that we want. It just means that you've got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Do you, do you understand that? Okay. All right. So he, he basically says that Apollo, the, the son of Apollo, will come in there. Okay. And he'll begin to rule and reign through this Antichrist, this, this, this system. Not just a system, but a man as well. Amen? And so we've got to realize that, that um, the craft is at work, operating and moving in our midst, and uh, that the church needs to resist this. Amen? And oppose this. Notice what it says right here. It says, unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction who opposes and exalts, exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you about these things? And you know what is restraining him. Now see, the Thessalonians knew what was restraining him because the apostle Paul had taught it to them. But most Bible believers don't understand what's restraining the man of sin. It's the Holy Spirit within the church. So therefore, our role is not necessarily to stop it because we can't. But we need to impede the slide. And we need to make it not easy. Hello. And it's, you know, I believe in voting, but it's not voting that's going to do this. I believe in a powerful church taking their place as the elected assembly of God. That binds and looses. And stands in godly authority against these principalities and powers that are creating, trying to create this. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get, see I told you this last week. Satan knows he cannot stand toe to toe with God. He knows that. He is trying to win the world by a legal basis. By getting God to operate out of his character and to compromise himself. If he can do that, 
through provocation. And that's what Satan's doing. He's provoking God. And he's using us, the world, the people of the world, to provoke him, to get him to act out of character that will illegitimatize him and therefore cause chaos. That's what he's doing. That's always been his plan. He knows what happened when the great flood of Noah happened. He knows what brought that about because he brought it about. He knew what the Tower of Babel was about and what God did in regards to the Tower of Babel. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to create a third rebellion. Oh, get a hold of this. He's trying to create a third rebellion to provoke God to act. But God is smarter than the devil. So God gets a man exiled on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, okay, I'm going to outline exactly what I'm going to do. And so when God established his word, he said his word above his very own name. That means he's not going to act outside the bounds of his word. So if his word says this is how it's going to happen, this is how it's going to happen. So what the devil's trying to do at this time, he's trying to cause to accelerate this thing to come to pass. He's trying to get God off of his timeline. But I'm here to tell you in my prayer time and when I'm seeking the Lord, what, I, what do I sense? Do I sense that the Antichrist is immediately going to appear? No, I do not sense that. I sense he is on his way. I sense they're preparing for him. But what I sense is that God is going to have the greatest move he's ever had in this nation and in this world. And he is going to get his harvest. But we're not going to sit around just moaning and groaning about what's going on in the world and, and staying on our timelines and trying to change the world with our, you know, one status at a time. We're going to get on our knees. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to seek the face of God. And then we're going to go to our neighbors. Then we're going to go to the highways and byways and we're going to compel them to come in and we're going to heal the sick and we're going to cast out devils and we're going to do the work of God that's what we're called to do and I'm telling you when you get a hold of that when you get a hold of the supernatural power of God you will have no room for the craft anymore you won't have to manipulate your way you won't have to amen Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something out of that. I hope you realize and I opened your eyes to seeing what's really going on because it's happening right now. What are you going to do if there's another virus? Because there will be. Jesus told us that, 24th chapter of Matthew. He said, there'll be plagues, there'll be viruses, pestilences. You remember Gaddafi? You know what he said before he died? You want to know why he died? Because he got out of the elite system. And he said this. He said, they will create viruses and they will create cures.
You don't think they're going to use a virus? My goodness, they're using it, milking it to the extreme. I mean, the teat is dry, my friends. They're milking it for all it's worth, trying to get you into fear. Trying to get you through the whole, you know, uh, Greek alphabet, you know, alpha, beta, gamma, delta. exactly what they're doing I'm not telling you that you shouldn't you know be concerned about this I, what I'm saying is arm yourself with the only thing that can protect you which is the word of God I'm not against uh, you're vaccinating or not vaccinating or you're masking or you're unmasking I don't care do what the Lord is telling you. Be led by the Spirit. I shouldn't be telling you what to do and what not to do. That's not my role. What I'm going to point to is this book and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And if, if you allow Him to speak to you, then you can, you can stand with conviction. You should never stand on someone said. Never stand on that. Stand on what the Lord has told you. Amen? So, you know, don't, don't be worried about that. There's people that come and say, oh, I got vaccinated, and they feel bad about it. Listen, don't feel bad about it. I'm not, it's not the mark of the beast, guys. It's not the mark of the beast. There will be a mark. And they're testing the lines to see if they can get that to come to pass. And they're using this to do so, to get the data. A child could see that. Okay? But understand this, that if you drink or eat any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. That's, that's Mark 16. So believe God. Just like if you take the flu, you know, I, you know if I... You know, if you take the flu shot, you just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that anything that's brought into my body, it, it will not harm me in the name of Jesus. Come on now. Let's be, use our minds. Amen? God gave you a brain. He didn't say by the removing of your mind. He said by the renewing of your mind. Amen? Come on now. It'll be all right. We'll get through this, but it's not going to get normal. It's not going to get normal. See, I love, and I'm closing with this. This is my fifth closing. Come on. I believe it's Habakkuk. And he said this. He said, he said, when faced with an insurmountable problem, he said, he will make my feet like hinds feet. Okay, So is he saying that he's going to cause the mountain to go away, per se? No. He's saying he's going to give me the feet to be able to go. Have you ever seen a, a mountain goat? I mean, they can climb like a, like a climber, better than a climber. And they don't even have hands. They got hinds feet, and they get in the crevices, and they climb up big, steep mountains. And that's what the Lord is doing with the church today. He's changing our feet 
so we're, we'll be able to tread on our high places. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you need anything from the Lord, if you need to be born again, you need to rededicate your life, or you need to um, uh, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, praise God we'll have counselors up here right after we close the service with announcements or whatever. And uh, praise the Lord. We want you to have your needs met. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you. And we're going to have a good picnic, so. Praise the Lord. Were you guys blessed by that this morning? You talk about some eye-opening stuff.